For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn with Taylor Davis and the legend himself, Jason Campbell. Thank you so much for joining us today, everybody. Hope that you've had a great week since we last talked. We've uh, got plenty to cover on today's episode. It'll be a bit more broad because I think the topic on every sports fan's mind after this weekend were the crazy NFL divisional round games. And I certainly want to get J Cam's input on all of that. We'll of course talk about your Tigers in basketball, crushing it once again, number one team in the nation. We got to talk about that. And a few news and notes items for the football program as well. So we got you covered on all of it as we always do, but let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsor. You know who it is, Bet Online. We would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website for you to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You just have to use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V to get that 50% welcome bonus from football, basketball, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online where the game starts. I feel like anyone who bet this past weekend either won huge or lost huge because this weekend was nuts, J. Cam. Yeah, this was an awesome weekend. What up, world? What up, everybody? It's your boy, Jay Shizzle. <laughs> but yeah, I say this, though. It was uh, it was a classic. It was epic. Yeah. It's one of those weekends, especially at Buffalo, Kansas City game, have you sit Ooh. on the edge of your couch and just want more. You mm -hmm. know, like you just want to see Josh Allen get an opportunity to see what he can do just because it was such a back and forth and a heavyweight boxing match. And, you know, this just goes to show you, man, like, the games in the NFL like has built towards offenses because yeah, it's just fast break once they get going. 13 seconds, 13 seconds, and you let somebody get in field goal range. I don't know if you just call it bad defense yeah. or just great offense. 
Here's the thing, though, as an Auburn fan, I was triggered because uh, we lost the national championship with 13 seconds left. So we all know that it can be done. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it was definitely one for the ages. I mean, the entire weekend, just seeing really what everyone predicted to be how the season was going to end come Super Bowl time. That narrative is completely out the window now. The two goats or whatever your opinion is in Rodgers and Brady both going down. It, it was such a wild weekend. The, the fact that road teams were able to perform the way they did. And of course, like you mentioned, the overtime, which we are going to talk about because I, I feel very strongly about my stance on it and I have for a long time. And uh, I feel like that game just kind of lit the fire back under those of us who feel that way. So we'll talk about all of that toward the end. Let's go ahead and talk about our Tigers and uh, make sure we are squared away on that. We will start with football, as we always do. And the big news as of late is that Auburn defensive coordinator Derek Mason has taken the defensive coordinator job at Oklahoma State, replacing Jim Knowles and joining Mike Gundy's staff. So Jeff Schmetting has been promoted to defensive coordinator for Auburn. He coached inside linebackers. He served as assistant head coach and defensive run game coordinator this past season. He was also the co-defensive coordinator under Harson at Boise State. So a very familiar situation. And um, even since the news has come out, a lot of the guys have actually shown support on social media for Coach Smetting, saying that he really has been side-by-side with Derek Mason this past year anyway. So it really doesn't um, change things a whole lot in terms of, of the way things have been going and operations and probably even, you know, scheme and, and points of emphasis. Um, I was surprised to hear this, Jason, and I think, you know, it did create a little bit of concern from, you know, fan base and uh, Twitter people, really, um, Mm -hmm. because of the nature of the reality that he is taking a lateral move. You know, I think when you see coordinators depart after a very short stint, but it's for a step up. You, you understand why, or if it's a return to, you know, their home, like the Cristobal situation going to Miami or, or something like that. If the job title is the same, there's usually another reason that it, it still benefits them, whether professionally or personally. I don't really see where that is in this situation. I don't think anyone does like for Derek Mason to forego an SEC program where he's been for eight years now. I mean, he was at Vandy for seven um, and to leave that and a a program that, you know, is, you know, on the right track in without a doubt, the most competitive conference in the sport. And you're just, you're taking a lateral move to a, you know, mid-tier program in the big 12. I don't know. I just, I think it's concerned everyone that um, there has to be a, an, a negative that drove him to make that decision. And that's something we probably won't know, but certainly something that fans are speculating. Yeah. uh, Well, when it comes to coaching moves like this and guys, you know, you see guys go lateral or like we said, like, let's face it, SEC is the biggest conference in college and it's where all coaches are trying to get to. And it probably pretty much is almost probably the highest paid conference in college when it comes to football. So, so I understand what you're saying. And like I said, what the people in Twitter are saying, 
my whole thing is when you see moves like this happen, sometimes it has a lot to do with maybe chemistry mm-hmm. uh, between a head coach and a defense coordinator, philosophy, and where do they see themselves going three to four years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Coach Smedden was brought in with Coach Harson, that's a linebacker's coach. Uh, that's how T. Will ended up at UCF as a defense coordinator with Gus. Right. So Coach Smedden was was Harson's defensive coordinator when he was out in, in Boise State. So I think there's just chemistry there and whatever it was between Derrick Mason and Coach Harson, that probably just wasn't clicking. You know, both of them probably made a decision to think it was probably best that he found job elsewhere and that they was able to move Coach Smedden up to defensive coordinator. So it's not like you're putting somebody in a position that's never been a coordinator. You know, he was a coordinator right. at Boise State and Coach Harson knows him well and they've been together. So instantly there's chemistry there. Uh, Coach Mason, uh, like I said, going to Oklahoma State, some would wonder and ask the question, well, if you was going to move him after one year, why not just put Coach Smith in as the defense coordinator from the get-go? Uh, I think that's the biggest question that people are asking. So it raises a lot of eyebrows. When you see four of your coaches, four coaches changes within your first year after mm-hmm. you hired these guys, people want to know, people want the insight of what's happening. And sometimes when you're a new coach and you come from Boise and you bring a couple of your Boise guys with you, but then you get here, you try to implement that with bringing in coaches from other places because they have SEC ties, such as Coach Bobo and Coach Mason. Um, I think he was trying to figure out, like, maybe these guys can help me in the SEC to pick up how to recruit, how to do different things. And I think once he's now in there, I think he's probably like, you know what, if I'm going to coach this team the way I want to coach this team, I probably want to get the people that know me best. Mm -hmm. And instead of trying to, because I don't have time to learn a lot of people or build relationships, like they want me and expect me to start winning now. And this first year was pretty much a, a year of, oh, let's just give him opportunity. You know, this is really not his recruits. You know, he's just building his staff. Let's just, you know, let him let him just kind of live a little bit this year. But this year coming up, there's a lot of pressure. And yeah. there is a lot of people that want to see this football program go from mediocre to back to being one of the top four programs in the SEC, competing for SEC West and the SEC Championship and hopefully into the playoffs. That's where they want to see this team at. They don't want to be on this rocky roller coaster that Auburn has been on for the last five to seven years where we have a great year that we're down. We have a mediocre. They want some consistency. And I think he's feeling a lot of that heat right now. And I think he just probably said, well, hey, if it's going to be this way, let me do it with guys that know me and let you see where it goes. I agree. I actually feel like this was the plan all along. Personally, I think when he first came in, what, what did everybody do? Oh, the mountain West, that's not going to translate to the sec. That was everyone's knee jerk reaction when you heard the hire at first. And I think he was realistic about the fact that this is a different situation, this conference and this level of competition, and I have to learn it. And how do you learn? You surround yourself with people who know more than you do. That's smart. But I think if you're talking chemistry and philosophy and the rebuild of a culture, also having people who have grown with you and learned with you and and kind of viewed the, the approach the same way is also valuable. But if you're Harson and you're coming in and you are just going to completely clean house and you came from Boise State and there's already a reluctance from the fan base to really 
you know, fully have trust in, in your ability to translate to the SEC, you're sitting here going, all right, I should do this gradually. It is in my best interest to bring some pieces and have more of a multi-year plan of getting all the pieces here. So I don't necessarily think that anything just like happened overnight or that, you know, something completely changed even this season. I think he's known who he wanted here. He just wasn't going to do it all at the jump because everyone would have freaked out. That's that's my perspective on it. And it, it kind of tags on to what, what you were saying just in terms of, of that coaching camaraderie. And I think for this guy to really have a fair shot, you have to just completely let go of what you think is best as a fan base or, or as, you know, even some of these <laughs> boosters, dare I say, and maybe even some of the players, like he is here for a reason. He was given the reins and he was given this job to rebuild something and, and to start something new. So to let him fully implement that is the only way that we're going to know. And if it fails, we try again, that's the nature of college football. So I don't, you know, have any frustration with it. Y'all know I am a huge fan of Coach Mason. I think so highly of him professionally and personally. And I think the guys really gravitate toward him from from my vantage point. That's what I've come to know about him. But um, there are so many things that even the most, quote, inside person doesn't know the only people that really know what's going on are them. And, and that's where our trust is right now. So that's, that's ultimately what we, we have to wait and see, but I do think it's great that coach Schmetting was so heavily involved in the defense this past season. So a lot of these guys hopefully are not just going to drop off because Mason is gone. This is somebody that they have started building, you know, relationships with and building trust in, and hopefully it's a pretty seamless transition. And then for the linebackers, um, former Florida linebacker coach Christian Robbins has been brought in to coach the linebackers who also is getting a lot of support from current players on social media. So I mean, if we have to go about these changes, you know, and, and big names leaving and, and changing, then I'm, I'm happy to see it going as smoothly as it possibly is. But I think for Harson, you have to allow him to have his fingerprint. And now with Austin Davis in as OC, which we have talked about the, what we perceive to be his, you know, philosophy on bringing in a young guy who's never been a coordinator before it allows Harson to heavily act as OC as well. Um, and then one of his guys now being in as DC, I think you're really going to give him the fair shot to have his imprint on this program. And you can't expect a man to have full success if he's doing half his job and half a job that was done by his, you know, predecessor. Well, the other thing is too, the, the positive about this is you, you heard Zacoby McClain come out and, and back the Smitten hire, the, yeah. Moving him up like that means a lot when the players start to say something called these are the guys that are with these coaches day in and day out. And, you know, they do everything together. So when you hear one of your leaders on a football team and he has no reason to really come out and say anything because right. he's leaving, he's going on to the pros. So for him to come out and speak up about Coach Smith, and I think is a positive sign for uh, that all the other guys on, are in that locker room are on board. So, you know, you, you got to make sure you're moving in the right way, you're training the right way and that the players are on board and that they see this as 
okay, like this is somebody that can lead us. And so, you know, from that standpoint, you know, watching Coach Harson's interaction when I was at the Kentucky game this weekend, past weekend with basketball, watching Derrick Hall and Hunter and all those guys kind of interact with Coach Harson in the yeah. student session at the basketball game. It means that they're they they like their coach. And, yeah. you know, yes, things didn't go the way they wanted to go last season. They ended the season with a five game losing streak. And, you know, that's they know that's not the Auburn way. And so I expect these guys to be working extremely hard right now. And I expect these players to be busting their tails hard right now and not to focus so much on how much money can I get to play ball, but mm -hmm. just go out there and put your heart to it and start to play ball because you want to win. Winning cures a lot of things. Winning helps a lot of things. And if you want to make more money, win. Like, yeah. don't, you know what I'm saying, don't look at the aspect. And I think that's what, that was my biggest fear with, with, with this was the fact that these kids, some of them will lose focus on what's the real reality of where they're at in college and yeah. what's in everything. So hopefully, you know, these guys can reel in and, and focus on winning the aspect of it and not worry about so much of, I need to get this money to take care of this person or take care of that person. Like, no, like focus on why you're there right? and, and everything. And I think everything else will take care of itself. This time of year is also so imperative, even though we, our eyes aren't necessarily as heavily on football and, and it is kind of a downtime. The foundation is laid right now in terms of obviously the physical workouts and what have you getting your body ready, but building those relationships. And I think you're exactly right. Seeing them, you know, active around campus, supporting other sports groups, Calzada was even with them. So I think it's a great sign that they're integrating these new guys as well and starting to build that. I know recruiting has been nonstop. They had a guy on campus this past week and They've got Austin Davis out recruiting, so it, it's full steam ahead. But I think what is being done in terms of building friendships, building relationships, building rapport with the coaching staff right now is when you have to make those moments matter because once we get into the full swing of football season everybody knows like it, what you did in the off season shows itself so you making good use of this time if any of those coaching changes are going to happen going ahead and getting them dealt with and moved on so that there's not just this constant flux of change I, I really I'm hopeful and dare I say optimistic that uh, the way things are, are shaping out right now is beneficial in terms of, of team chemistry. So uh, we certainly hope to see good things from coach Smetting in that role, as well as coach Robinson, um, a younger guy who I think that they're going to really uh, gravitate towards. So exciting to uh, see how that all shapes up, but perfect transition into basketball, because uh, like you mentioned this past week, uh, we defeated Kentucky at home, and therefore, we have been named the number one team in the nation for the first time in school history, defeating Kentucky 80 to 71, uh, securing 45 of 61 first place votes. Now, last night was a bit of a uh, nail biter. We narrowly defeated Missouri on the road, uh, thanks to Katie Johnson just taking matters into his own hands. But look, the reality of, of sport, right, is that it is so much harder to stay at the top than to get there. And this team is now going to have that target. If they didn't already, look at the Missouri student section last night. They were 
very annoying, might I add, but they were lit up because now you have the number one team on campus and you're hoping your team is going to be the one to ruin that. So Auburn now has that target, but what this team has accomplished solidifies them in history. And to be able to say that in January is an incredible accomplishment. Yeah, that was about to be number one. There comes a lot of responsibility with that. Yeah. And yeah, and, you know, because you do become the target and people are shooting for you. Everyone wants to be the team to knock the number one team off. And like last night, you heard Missouri fans and or the say student session hollering out overrated. I was just like, that's so like, to me, that's a loser mentality. Because yeah, especially when you, you lost. Right. I like you. It doesn't matter if you lose by one point or you lose by 30. Like, you can't start chanting that. I don't like it when right. Auburn does it in football sometimes. We play other teams that are yeah, running higher than us when we beat them. Like, it, it just itches at me because it's a loser's mentality. No, you should expect more from your team. Right. Like, you should expect more from your players. Like, you should be happy that they came out and competed and almost won. Like, the fact that you're hauling overrated when we didn't play – nowhere close to our best game and we found a way to win in a game that meant a lot but you're on the road and it's your first time being ranked number one so you kind of feel a little bit of that pressure these are still 18 or 22 year olds kids and you still feel that little bit of pressure oh I gotta live up to this height and everything so then you start to do things that you don't normally do or you start to press a little bit more and I think them having that game last night and actually getting through that game and winning it I think it's going to help prepare them forward because now you know, I think they're going to start to understand, guys, the reason we got ranked to the number one was because the way we was playing before, how gritty we was playing, how tenacious we was playing, like, you know, our energy level, the way that we was up and down the court, we have a two, five-man rotation that's the best in the nation. That's how we got to the top. So don't don't stop doing what you're doing or feel like you got to prove to people that you're number one. Like, yeah. basketball is hard. You can be beat on any given night if somebody just have an all-shooting night. And, and everything. So you have to understand, like, don't focus on number one. Your focus should be on trying to find a way to win each and every game, get to the tournament, and then you focus on one game at a time. Because you can't win the season just locked in on the whole season. You got to focus on one task at, at a time, and that's what's in front of you at that moment. So I think this team learned a lot last night. Like I said, you can learn a lot more through a W had they gone to Missouri and blown them out by 25. You right. know, the fact that they went there and they had to pull one out, you know, in the, in the toughest way. Yeah. I think you learn from that and it mm -hmm. makes you pay more attention to details when Coach Pearl is getting on to you and telling you this is why you can't relax. This is why yeah. you can't do this, because now you see it and you almost lost. So now you're going to be locked in a little bit more. So I'm I'm I'm. I'm happy to see this team. Uh, like I said, it's exciting to go to the Auburn basketball game for all you fans that haven't been yet. Like, it is such a treat. Uh, <laughs> like, being there Saturday in the Kentucky game, like, it was so much energy an hour before the game. That's so and cool. I'm standing there by the court, and Kessler comes out, and he's shooting the basketball on the layup, and the student session is already in there. Yeah. And they're hollering every time he makes a layup or he makes a dunk. <laughs> if he misses it, they say, oh, if he make it, they go yeah. cheering again. And this is in warm-ups. You know, like, uh, this is this is college basketball at its best. And I'm not just saying that because I went to Auburn. I've been to a lot of college games in different places. They have – Coach Pearl has really built a Pearlville, they call it, at that arena. And it yep. is the hardest ticket to get right now for reasons. Why? It's because the electricity that they bring. Yeah. Like – each and every game, especially at home. I wouldn't want to play there. If I was any other team, that environment, I mean, so many of my colleagues at ESPN that have been calling these games 
are telling me that it's the best college basketball environment right now. And that I just, it will never, because it was just imprinted on me when I was in school, because unfortunately that was the era of Auburn basketball that was just real tough. So for me, I just went to a football school and now years later, it is so much more than that. Like coach Pearl said in his post-game interview, we're an everything school. I mean, the fact that it's being deemed the best college basketball environment, the fact that we are ranked number one right now, it is just, it's so flipping exciting. And I'm, I'm so proud to see um, the development of it in that way. And you mentioned the student section, which by the way, coach Pearl hates Pearlville because he thinks it makes it about him. He <laughs> wants to call it jungle city, but um, the students started, I'm sure everyone saw on social media, the students started literally lining up the night before the game so that they could get good seats. Um, they brought tents and literally planned to camp out outside the arena. Mind you, it was freezing the night before the game, um, but that's how devoted they were and how dedicated they were. And so the tents started piling up and a ton of people were out there um, and some pictures started to circulate. And um, this girl who I actually know from ESPN, I didn't know her at Auburn, but her name's Allie Davidson. Um, she has a pretty substantial Twitter following. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are, are familiar with her social media. Um, she tweets a lot of Auburn stuff. She caught wind of it and she actually started organizing um, a Venmo, you know, drive or whatever you want to call it to start purchasing supplies for all the students that were out there. And so they were sending people to Walmart and what have you and were able to supply a bunch of hand warmers and hot chocolate. Um, they had donuts and coffee the next morning before the game, um, water bottles, like whatever they needed to get through the night and whatever was not used on supplies, they were donating to, um, Bruce Pearl's foundation. And I think the total that they ended up donating to the foundation. So I don't know how much was spent on supplies, but the total that went to coach Pearl's foundation was almost $8,000. And the fact that Auburn like, yes, we are the number one team in basketball right now. We, you know, always have a, a, a football program that sure could continue to grow, but uh, they're competing and, and they're, you know, reputable. But what Auburn means was represented that night. Auburn is about more than the product on the court or the field or the mat or whatever. Auburn is about the people and Auburn is about that group of people uniting for a genuine care and love of that place. And I just feel like it was so well represented in something like that. Like they went out there just to get a good seat for a game. And it ended up being this moment of fellowship and camaraderie. I saw people brought like cornhole boards and they were all, I'm sure a bunch of people who didn't know each other ended up hanging out out there and then a ton of money was donated to a charity as well. Like just because of Twitter, like it has a power to do some really amazing stuff because of just the nature of Auburn. And I just, first of all, want to commend Allie for doing that and starting that and all the people who donated and participated in that. But 
I just, and Jay, I know this goes for you too. Like whatever I have done in my professional career for you, whatever happened in sports, like that's fantastic. But like, for me being a part of Auburn in moments like that is why I love it so much. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what makes Auburn, Uh, you know, that's what makes it a family atmosphere. And that's what makes, you know, when people talk about Auburn, we always tell people like it really does feel like a family. It's a, it's a big family, but there's something about it that makes it feel not as big as you think because we're tied together. So, you know, that's just an opportunity for when you have to, when you're in a big moment, like Auburn is is in right now, like you have to take, take those opportunities to build growth. Yeah. And I say not just for athletics, but for, for things that you can do in the community, because the best time to reach people is when you got everybody's attention. And right now, everybody's attention is watching Auburn's basketball. And uh, so it's exciting and everything. Like I said, what Allie is doing is exciting. Um, like I said, I need to follow her on Twitter. So if you can yeah. give out her Twitter, I will. I will follow her. And at the same time, like I said, everyone supports one another. Mm-hmm. And that's how you grow. Like you can't grow being rebellious against one another. And the more you try to rebel, the more you become rebellious, the further I feel like you fall off. And the more you support people, I feel like you grow faster. And uh, that's what life is all about. So, you know, just continue to to support all the programs that are going on and uh, and everything and, and, and just know the reason why. Absolutely. Because the night before... We also had a sellout crowd at the first home gymnastics meet of the season, over 9,100 people in that arena to watch gymnastics against Iowa state. Uh, Obviously we talked about it last week. The fact that our, you know, the all around Olympic champion, Suni Lee is at Auburn. She's going to sell tickets in any meet that she goes to just because it's, it's such a huge name in the sport right now. But I saw videos from it. The student section was doing swag surf. And I mean, like they were, they were lit up. And so I'm just, I take a lot of pride in seeing Auburn uh, continue to be that program. It's funny. I was um, filming for the Panthers earlier this season and I I was interviewing Mm -hmm. coach rule. And before we started uh, recording, we were just talking about college. And he said that when he was coaching at, was it Western Carolina somewhere before he went to Baylor, he played at Auburn and went and coached there. And he was like, obviously like y'all put a beating on us, whatever. But I was walking out after, and he was like, he said that everyone was so nice to him that people were offering him food or water. And he was like, just walking around. Like I was the away coach and people were treating me like I was a guest and they wanted me to enjoy my time there. And I just, I love that we are a fan base like that. Like we can create a a tough to play in intimidating environment for our opponent, but we also can treat people like humans and be kind and generous and welcoming so that they walk away saying, damn, that's a tough place to play. And and they are good and talented and yada, yada, but man, those people are nice. Like that's how you want people to somehow have both. Um, and I, I just love to see that, but Nonetheless, now that I'm off my uh, Auburn love soapbox, let's talk about the NFL games before we wrap this thing up, because like we teased at the beginning, it was wild uh, and the division championships are set for this weekend as lots of crazy things happened. I I guess you could call them upsets. I think for a lot of people, the uh, the picked teams, Um, Jay, I believe you were you one Mm -hmm. for four. 
Yeah, you were. I was two for four. So I'll take a 50, you know, with this weekend being as crazy as it was, I'll take 50%. Yeah, that was, oh my goodness. Like, it seemed like when you had a layoff, it hurts you. Yeah. And especially when you almost, when you play the last game of the regular season and you know you had a number one seed locked up Mm -hmm. and you don't perform in that last game. So then you're taking really, it's three weeks before you play your next game. That's true. And I think you lose your rhythm and you lose your edge. And like Green Bay did not look like the same Green Bay offensively team mm-hmm. we've seen all year. Like this is like the third year in a row we've seen this from them. Uh, they go, they win 13 games each of the last three seasons and they and they get to the playoffs and they don't look the same. And yeah. then you look at a team like the 49ers. Uh, people had them written them off and everything. And then they're winning despite their quarterback not even playing good right now. And it yep. just goes to show you, like, you know, the team aspect of how much sometimes you get too much credit to these quarterbacks, but understanding, like, it takes defense to win championships. It takes everybody being involved. And these play these games was won in so many dramatic different ways and fashions. Like, I could question Buffalo, why you don't squib kick? Why you don't press Tyreek Hill and Kelsey yeah. off the ball and play yeah. zone behind us so that they don't have a free release off the ball to catch the ball in open space. They only have 13 seconds. Make Mahomes have to make an extraordinary throw or something. Yeah. Don't just hand it to him the way that they did uh, right. and everything. If you do that, a lot of quarterbacks could just make those two throws he made because it's wide open. Nobody's right. even up in the guy's face. Like, you're a professional quarterback. Totally. And then you look at the, you know, some of the other games, the Tampa Bay game, like, you came all the way back. The Rams were self-inflicting themselves, giving you the game. Like, yeah. all you have to do is just play zone and just let the clock run out and put it overtime. But, no, they go blitz zero. Not everybody gets the call. But then you put Cooper Cup on your safety, the best receiver yep. that had the numbers this year in the league on your safety. So you just gave them a the game at the end instead of just playing for overtime, which you know they had been self-inflicting. So you're probably going to win that game. So there's a lot of things that was great. From these quarterbacks, there's a lot of things that, you know, you feel bad for Josh Allen, the way that he played. You feel mm-hmm. bad for that Davis kid had four touchdowns oh, receiving over 200 yards. Like, what more can you do? And yeah. this is supposed to have been the best defense in football. And you're playing prevent defense, which I hate. I lost so many games off prevent defense in the pros just because <laughs> all the thing it does, like my brother say, it prevents you from winning. That's yeah. what it does. And that's why it's called prevent defense. Play your defense. Right. But be smarter about it. So what an epic weekend. I look forward to the championship weekend uh, this weekend to see what happens. But overtime rules, I think this is my opinion. I'll let you have your opinion real quick. Okay. My opinion is when overtime rules has changed a little bit. When I was in the league, first person scored. No matter if it was a field goal, touchdown, you win. Okay. That wasn't even fair. Nowadays, nope. If you score a field goal, then the other team gets the opportunity to go down and score. Okay, let's just make it the same way then. If you score a touchdown, the other team know they got to score a touchdown or it's right. game over. Right. So it's not that hard. So you could have just gave, you know, with the rules being changed, they need to change and say, okay, if you score a touchdown, it's the same as a field goal. You get your opportunity. If you don't score a touchdown, it's game over. Right. Okay, just easy as we can make it. So, you know, we just got to figure out these rule changes and uh, and see what happens because that was epic. And for a performance like that, not to have a chance in overtime, we we're basing it off a of coin flip, like your I, whole season off a of coin flip. I it is like infuriating, really. and I'm not even a fan of either of those teams. If I was a Bills fan, 
I would have been driving to Goodell's house as soon as the game was over, ready to raise hell because that is just, it's, it's preposterous, honestly. Like the fact that a coin flip, literally when they flip that coin and Chiefs won that, I literally said Chiefs just won the game by a coin flip. We are leaving it up to chance the game of the year. I mean, that game was unbelievable. And clearly what the last two minutes of the game showed us is that whichever offense gets the ball is going to score. That's what we have seen. 25 points in the final two minutes of the game. Both defenses just had no answer anymore. So they're it's going to go to whoever just wins this coin flip, which is just does not sit well with me. And the people that are saying, well, the Bills defense could have stopped. Okay, well, if roles were reversed and the Bills offense was on the field, then the Chiefs defense would have needed to stop them or you would be saying the exact same complaint. Like both teams should get a possession. I don't think in any way, shape or form, it is a fair format for overtime right now if a coin flip is going to have an impact on the results of a game. We are playing at the highest level of the sport and we are going to allow any sort of chance to be involved? Absolutely the frick not. That was so disappointed. But nonetheless, um, the other three, all road teams, and they all won on a field goal, which was just wild. So Joe Burrow and the Bengals pulled it off, defeating uh, the Titans at home with the return of Derrick Henry. That was just wild. Uh, Like you said, 49ers beating up on the Packers in a weather environment that you would think Packers are supposed to be used to, right? 49ers are the one Hmm. at a disadvantage here. Didn't look like it to me. And then Rams defeating the Bucks. And I, I think for Matt Stafford, you know, that was his, that was his problem. And that was kind of the, the rain cloud that followed him for so long was his inability to win a playoff game. And once he got that one, once he could just break through that one ceiling for him, I think the rest of them come easier. So for the Rams to defeat the Bucks, 49ers to defeat the Packers, Bengals to defeat the Titans, um, it eliminated a bit of the predictability factor. It, it eliminated a bit of a chance at redundancy for this year, which I am all for. So now uh, the divisional championships will be Bengals Chiefs and Rams 49ers. So Jason Campbell, even though your picks were trash last week, <laughs> but everyone's were. were, so I don't hold they it against are. you. Who's making it to the Super Bowl? It's hard to beat a team three times in one year, but that defense is playing great for the 49ers. I'm going Rams at home, um, and I'm also going KC, even though they're emotional high. It's not going to be easy as people think. They, these yeah. two teams played each other in week 17, and the Bengals beat them. But I like KC in a close one. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Chiefs-Rams as well. Um, I would love to see the Bengals beat the Chiefs. I am such a Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase fan, covered them in college, think what they're doing, you know, at the next level is, is so impressive. And it's also fun. Like the fact that they're, you know, still doing the the gritty and, and all those videos <laughs> and, and bringing out the cigars, like they're bringing some of the fun that that team had at LSU to the league. And I think that it's, it's so needed, especially for a franchise like the Bengals who have just wanted this and also shout out to CJ who uh, is, is also lighting it up for them um, and playing super, super well. 
Um, but I would love to see them make it to the Super Bowl. I just, I personally don't think that that is going to happen. But I think that one thing that you got to do that the Bills did not do, like you said, you got to shut down Tyreek Hill. I mean, the fact that my dude could throw up a peace sign while running to the end zone. <laughs> Not only is this a guy with skill, this is a guy with confidence in his skill. He is dangerous. They have to have multiple uh, ways to affect him or else they're going to be in for a long night, especially in Arrowhead. But um, definitely sets us up for a good one. This this past weekend was a lot of fun. So uh, I'm hoping this week will be as well. And then uh, we'll talk Super Bowl next week because that'll be there will be one week in between. We'll, uh, we'll preview whoever that will give our picks for that. We'll talk to halftime performance, which I personally am super pumped for, uh, oh, yeah. and get you good and ready for that. Anything else you want to cover Jay before we wrap it up? No, SEC big 12 weekend this weekend in basketball. So, Woo-hoo! you know, big one Auburn has against Oklahoma and there's a lot of really yeah. good matchups. So let's pay attention to the TV this Saturday and pull yeah. for our teams and, uh, let's have a great weekend. I love it. More sports, more weekends. You can't complain, but that is going to do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. Shout out to J-Cam, my favorite co-host in the world, and shout out to all our listeners. We appreciate you guys following along. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. You can do that in the podcast app, and you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. You can also find us on Spotify. You can find us at Believe.com. Wherever you choose to get your podcast, find us there. Leave a review. Give us a thumbs up. And make sure you come on back each and every week to break down your Tigers. Everyone have a fantastic week. Until we talk next, War Eagle. Peace. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.